Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hello and thank you for downloading episode 4 of the Glasgow's Green Podcast, aka GigPod. I'm Stevie, and what a show we have for you today. Now it's been a great week. Trump was crushed. Covid is about to be sent packing thanks to this vaccine. Our Halo podcast has been accepted onto Spotify. And here's another episode for it. And of course, Scotland ended an agonisingly long wait to a major tournament since France 98, the hardware of course, beating Serbia on penalties on Thursday night. Now sadly, the euphoric feeling ends here. As with me today to talk about Celtic's past and present players involved in Thursday night's dramatic game is Rizzo. So sorry to everybody, but hello John. Hi Stephen, what a, what a great week. Scotland's back and Gig Pod's back, can I get any better? We're just going to have to dive right into this one, John. But before that, actually, let me just contradict myself. Were you emotional on Thursday night? Uh, slightly. Probably not as emotional as like when Celtic have won things in the past. But it was quite heartwarming, yes. But I was nervous watching it, were you? I was. And, uh, you know, when Marshala saved that penalty for Mitrovic... I just exploded onto the rug. Uh, no, in that <laughs> way. I, no, no, in that way. I just... Went down, kneeled into the rug, and just gave out a an emphatic yes. I was delighted. Oh. Scotland and yes, together at last. <laughs> yes, your dreams are coming true. But uh, <laughs> I had a big SMP foam finger as well. <laughs> but I, it was uh, nerve wracking. I mean, I think the game, the only game that I've been as nervous about recently, was the Betfred Cup final last year, when like we only had ten men, and for like the last twenty five minutes, Rangers were attacking us all the time. And I was getting myself in a, a fluster. The penalties were a nightmare, basically. I'd sort of half-watched them. But I went and hid when we took the fifth one. Because I thought, if he misses this, we'll completely made an arse of it. But I managed to compose myself to watch Mitrovic's penalty. And good old big David Marshall. A, a Celtic hero and now a Scotland legend forever. So, John, what was more strange? The fact that you actually had emotions on Thursday night? Or the fact that a player with Aberdeen Connections... Didn't they bottle it and sent us through? I don't know, two, two unusual things. Well, you've watched Celtic games with me, so you know how bothered I can get. <laughs> but, uh, 
Well, the big win for me was McBurney, who was absolutely atrocious when he was on. For some reason, he didn't jump whenever like there was cross balls or anything, and he was driving around with the man. And I thought if him was going to bottle, it's him. But to be fair to him, for the first and only time ever, he stepped up and he didn't let us down. I can't really believe it that finally, after all these years, Scotland are back in the big time. So let's move on to talking about the sort of Celtic-related players in the Scotland team. As this is a Celtic podcast, and not a bloody Scotland podcast, but still, uh, we're a wee bit diplomatic in that way. So Ryan Christie, he took he took his goals so so well, and his general performance was good, wasn't it? I thought it was brilliant. It was the Ryan Christie uh, when he first busted into the Celtic team, when uh, he took the team by storm. We were sort of playing a bit, no bad, but then he. Came on in that semi final against Hearts and Murrayfield, and like since then, he's been uh, one of the better players. I think he's underrated. I think people take him for granted, and he contributes a lot of goals and assists. And people, I think, don't rate him as highly as they should. I think he's one of the best players, and he proved that he's one of Scotland's best players as well. The other night, he was fantastic. I mean, his goal was excellent. He could have scored again with that one that just went by the post, that curled shot. And like when Scotland are in the Euros next year, he should be one of the first players in the team sheet and he should be one of the first players in the team sheet for us every week. I agree with you on that one, John, how he is one of our better players. And let me tell you, it's official. He was one of the best players in the park the other night because on Football Critic, where I usually get the ratings for all the players, which is it's essentially the way it is to players, but the way you know Barry Norman used to be for films, <laughs> it was gospel. But Christy was one of the top three players, uh, performers on Thursday night. Can I guess I the other ones? Go. Declan Gallagher. Callum McGregor and Luka Jovic as well. Here's an interesting one. Did Steve Clark get more out of some of the Celtic players on Thursday night than what our good old pal Lennon's been able to do all season? Christy, maybe no, because Christy is still a big player for us. McGregor, I think, aye. I think McGregor played sort of a wee bit fuller forward for Scotland. And, of course, he helped set up the goal by breaking the play up, like reading that guy's pass and getting the ball to Christie. But I don't really think that for most of the season, the McGregor-Brown combinations work. I would have broke it up a while ago, but, I mean, I don't think Lenny's ever going to do that because I know he loves away for them. No, I know. I think as well, moving on to... Callum McGregor. It was great to see him back to form. Um, the first thing I took from it was just how impressive he was. He lasted the whole 120 minutes. See, for Celtic recently, he's looked well off the pace. He's looked knackered in a shadow of his former self. In fact, before the game, I didn't think McGregor would have even started the Celtic make a bid for Ryan Jack for the partner just to <laughs> get that level of performance. Getting him to replace Bruno. What a combination that would be. But uh, no, I thought McGregor was brilliant and I was a bit surprised as well that he played the whole 120 minutes, when you consider that he plays non-stop for us and never gets a break. But then, they obviously went to him to take one of the penalties because he's like one of the most experienced players that's seen it and done it all. So I can understand why Clark kept him on. But he was excellent and hopefully he takes that form into Selick for now on. Can I just say the Ryan Jack part was a joke? Just like in episode two with Hamish, when I said Parkers, that was a joke. But someone on Twitter took it so seriously. That they actually <laughs> tweeted. They actually tweeted to tell us I was loving that episode with Hamish up until the guy said Parkers, and then he took the time to block us. So thank you. I can't even remember the name of the guy who it was. I can't be bothered going to find them, but I have to say the commitment to getting the block in 
after telling us where we went wrong, despite the fact that it was ironic humour, was something else. So, mystery man, thank you. <laughs> the other Celtic player involved was Lee Griffiths, who came on five minutes to go to take a half chance, but it never came his way. Essentially, he came on to hit one of the penalties. He got the first one out of the way. He set the tone for Scotland. He took it well. Got a wee bit lucky, but deserved, John. I uh, thought we'd bring him on a wee bit earlier than we did because we were just constantly getting forced back during extra time. And I thought we might maybe try and bring him on like 10 minutes early, like just to even get an out ball to try and get Scotland up the park. But, I mean, he didn't really do much during like the actual time he played. He, he fouled somebody, I think, and that's about it. But he did show great ball to take the first penalty. I wondered if he volunteered for that first penalty or if it was like Stevie Clark that said, you take the first one to set the tone. But he did what like everybody asked of me, scored the penalty. And I think he should be the first choice striker but for Scotland, but I don't think he will be because the way Scotland play, it probably suits me to start London Dykes up front, which is weird saying that. But AI, uh, Griffiths did well. He should probably stay off social media for a bit though. Uh, of course, we all knew that it was going to be mentioned where he was accused of laughing at Kyle Lafferty's sister who died, but was it last week? I have always been on here, and as long as you've known me, John, I've been quite critical of Griffiths on the pitch, off the pitch, and his general attitude and persona. And if you look at like if you look at Ryan Christie, the way that he has built up and he's approved his like general appearance to enhance his game, Griffiths has always looked the same type of player. In fact, if anything, he's went backwards physically, as it's been well noted this season, right? So it's not as if on this show. We are going to be just sticking up for Celtic players just for the sake of it because they happen to be employed by the club. But I don't think anyone in their right mind thing, Lee Griffiths lighting the fact that Kyle Lafferty was greeting was anything to do with his sister. Oh no, surely. absolutely not. No, uh, no, nothing to do with it at all. I think it was probably just a dig a guy that's a well-known Rangers fan. Absolutely nothing to do with it at all. But I mean, I can understand why he came out and put his comment on Instagram about how it was not they would just nip it in the bud to stop people going on and on and on and on about it to like see if it takes a shine away from Scotland but I was nothing to do with it I don't think nothing at all and I was shocked and stunned even more that somebody would analyse that um, and come to a conclusion in the space of 30 seconds but that's just me (laughs) anyway as you say John moving on XL David Marshall saving that penalty it was funny isn't it because when he left us um, remember I think he left us officially in 2007 aye but I remember with David Marshall when he first broke on the scene that night in Barcelona. We don't need to keep going on about that. And everybody listening to the show already know about that particular performance. But it was only really the 0405 season that Marshall started having howlers. And you've got to remember he was still only 1920. Because we alternated between him, Hedman, and Douglas. <laughs> he played his part in the art media and Motherwell Howlers and oh, Stracken. Right, yeah. He was never really to be seen again. But he's built a hell of a career for himself down south. Would you say on Thursday that was his biggest night of glory ahead of the Barcelona match? I would say so, aye, because we have had good results against Barcelona before, which is weird, a weird thing to say. But, and like, you never know, it could happen again. Like, we could fluke, beat them or draw with them again. But, I mean, this Scotland thing's like a generational thing. What was it? It's like, what was it, 20, 23 years it'll be since Scotland have been in a tournament? I mean, that doesn't happen very often. So, no, this is bigger. But I, I seen a, a thing with Gordon Stratton yesterday, and he said that it wasn't his idea to sell Marshall. He would have kept him. 
It was Marshall that wanted to leave for uh, first team football. I don't blame him. I mean, considering he wasn't going to dislodge Arthur Boric, who still, to this day, I know me and you disagree on it because he's the best Celtic goalkeeper I've seen in my lifetime. You're just a big Fraser Foster, Mark. Aye. But let's be honest, David Marshall could have been playing out his skin under striking, but Nady was going to be getting short of Arthur oh, no. Boric as their number one. Arthur's a much better goalie. I mean, Marshall's a good goalie. And he's had a great, well, an interesting career. But, uh, oh no, Arthur's a much better goal. He, him and Foster are two of our best goalies in years. But, I mean, Marshall's played for some weird teams, like Norwich City, Cardiff, Hull and Wigan. He's not really like, played for any big teams. And, like, most of these teams have been in the Championship. I'm just looking here. He's played one season, or two seasons in the Premier League. He's had an odd career, but he's done well for Scotland. Do you reckon he'll be the Scotland number one at the Euros? I would think so, I I mean... What's the other options? Craig Gordon? If Steve Clark has a horse kick him in the heat, he could always call up Scott Bain. Uh, I doubt that'll happen. No disrespect to Scott Bain, who I do quite like, but no. No, I think it'll be Marshall. Marshall's been responsible for me screaming and nearly been in tears twice in my life. Oh, that's happened a lot to the audience, all right? I mean, I'm generally that type of person watching football sometimes. But that night in Barcelona, I remember my reaction was pretty much the same is what it was on Thursday night. Just jumping on the floor, screaming yes and nearly in tears, but I just want to move on while John's laughing at me now. Kieran Tierney, another assured display for another ex-Celtic player. I thought Tierney was solid the other night and he's just going from strength to strength, hasn't he? I thought it was very good. I think the only issue with him was keeping him fit. I mean, I hope Arsenal don't end up doing what we ended up doing and playing him non-stop where he ends up sort of breaking down. So if we can stay fit, He'll be excellent in the Euros. And Greg Taylor was in the squad and all, don't forget. So was another Celtic player involved. Let me ask you this one then. For the Euros then, what other Celtic players do you think will be featuring? Because James Forrest, when he's fit, is surely a shoe-in. But see if guys like Michael Johnson can get himself sort of fit and get in a bit of a run of form as well in the second half of the season. Scotland could use people like him. McGregor, definitely. Christie, definitely. Forrest as well will be there. Taylor maybe depends if he keeps if he can buy the Celtic team or not. And Griffiths if he screws it up. Griffiths I think will be as well because he's always a goal for it. If he manages to stay fit and stuff, I think Griffiths will be there. And I think you're right about Johnson. I mean, it just depends if he gets a game for Celtic or not. If he can get in the team regularly, then he could make it because I think he's a good player, but he's not played like since January or something. That's like ten months ago. That's. Uh, was it not that St. Johnston game, the 3 0 match? Aye, when he, came, when he sort of played on when he was injured. Which mm-hmm. wasn't a great idea, and Lenny, Lenny wasn't happy. <laughs> <laughs> when is he ever? Do I overrate Michael Johnson? No, he's a good player. He was one of the few guys in that Betfred Cup final that I was nervous in that actually got forward because, mind, Eddie put him in and he had that chance when he put it by the post and won and won nothing. Aye, that could have killed it at 2 0. You're right. Aye. And I think we had 10 men at the time. We did. We did. But I mean, he's only 21, so he's got like plenty of time in his career. So I mean, if he just gets back to fitness, hopefully he'll be back in the select team like uh, before Christmas. And you never know if he goes on a good run, may end up in the Euros. Here's hoping, brother. So a couple of players that aren't associated with Celtic, but all the talking social media was certainly about them. And did Celtic miss out on them in the summer? First one, Declan Gallagher. What's your thoughts on that one, John? I can't ever remember him ever like sticking out for like for Motherwell. I've only, I only really seen Motherwell against us, and they're not really that much cop against us. But I thought he was absolutely brilliant all night. 
it was like a, one of these solid defensive performances, like somebody like Neil Lennon would love. Let's say that they haven't been getting that much this season. But then you don't know. You've got to worry, like, but like, in most of our games, like we're not under pressure. I mean, like, would they just like what would they do? Would they do some like dodgy passes to the park, like sort of Shane Duffy style? But uh, I don't know. I don't know if he's good enough for Celtic. Can they see him doing it more on a consistent basis? If Celtic did make a move at the age of twenty nine, it's no exactly ancient. But I thought it was only like twenty five or something. I thought he was far younger too, but shows what I know. I'm ignorant. I thought Declan Gallagher was brilliant against that Mitrovic. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, it was like the sort of performance you're looking for in a defender. Seeing the the second half of extra time, especially the backs to the wall stuff, everything that came in there, he was just heading that away. Uh, he's, he's he's fairly resurrected his career. But when people were screaming, it's always the same. Isn't it? It's a reactionary thing. When people were screaming about, you know, get him in in January and get Duffy out, it's all very well and good, but him and Duffy are the same type of player. Aye. They are better in a team with their backs to the wall, you know, like Scotland were the other night, where you've just got to hoof it away, get your head in the end of it constantly. But knowing the way Celtic play, when we play with such a high line, as we have been doing even recently, we've not been impressive. And when we've got the ball so much, I don't know, man. I don't think that's a wise shout to be saying, let's just go and make a move. No. It's, it's a reactionary thing, and that's just what social media is. And while we had an excellent performance, I just don't think saying, aye, on the back of one solid display, he's just going to solve all defensive problems. And I think this January window, it's probably best noted by any defenders unless it's an emergency because it's not even like they're going to have like time to bed in because there's no like January break this season. And so they wouldn't have like loads of time to work with our defenders. So I'm hoping we don't need to buy any defenders in January. So Rangers don't get to go to Dubai and make an asset this year? No, and we don't get to go to Dubai either. Eh? Work, eh? work here again on the, the thing that transformed last season. With her. They done, well, after, after the break, we were brilliant after being dodgy as anything before it. Right, let's find a way to blame the SFA for that one then. Yes. Now... Last player that we'll talk about on Thursday who was excellent and a lot of people on social media again saying, did we miss a trick there? Lyndon Dykes, what's your thoughts? No for me. I mean, I don't think he's as good as any of our strikers. I think he's great at the job he does, like for Scotland, like that lone striker role, but he's no good at no, no one near on the level as Eddie. I don't think he's as good as Griffiths either. Uh, or a, a, a jetty, even I think he's better. Maybe he's, I don't know, he's no a Celtic type striker. And I can just imagine, like, if you played for us against, I don't know, Rangers or somebody and didn't do nothing at all, like, sort of, like, put old Patrick Kamala get through into that situation. I can just imagine people would be gone ballistic on Twitter, like, would they waste money on him for he's not good enough? I think people are sort of skewed on that because he always gave Julian a hard time but uh, no he's no he's no Celtic class <laughs> whatever that means as well with the way Celtic plays Celtic aren't a hoofball team no. Celtic still have an idea of playing the Celtic way which is an attractive fluid brand of football which to be fair we haven't been doing this season we still don't resort to that route one type of football no um, and our main outlet is a when he's on form, as a very skillful odds and Edward. Exactly. Um, Lyndon, Lyndon Dykes isn't a skillful footballer. 
But he's an effective big player. And I thought on Thursday night, he was just a joy to watch. He was just a big battering ram. He was so effective. And he gave that Serbia defence, who aren't any mugs, <laughs> a wretched time. No, I thought he was very good, but he's nowhere near Celtic class. Let's just yeah. never talk about him joining, joining Celtic. It's romanticism stuff, isn't it? because I think everybody was on a high on Thursday, and I think the whole nation came together. They, they put aside all the petty differences, apart from the Rangers fans, of course, who had to just get one into Lee Griffiths. That was par for the course. But then the England fans, the majority of them. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought with Lyndon Dykes, you know, it was one of the ones where because everybody was uh, euphoric and on a high and just going, ah, let's all just agree on the same thing in general. But a few days later, you know, when... In the cold light of day. Aye, when the dust is settled, you have to go for the type of football Celtic play. I don't think Lyndon Dykes would, would suit us at all. I don't think that we've missed out by not signing him. And I think we'll be just fine for the rest of the season and the future. This has been a quite positive podcast. Oh dear. But there is bad news. Did you see the latest with Christopher Ayer and Mohamed El Yunusi, John? I did. I, they might have to self-isolate and miss the Hibs game, which would be... But wait a minute. The audience might be ignorant to this and not know. So why don't you inform them what's happened? Right, so what's happened is uh, El Yunusi and Ayer are in Norway now. They're meant to be playing in Romania, but that game got cancelled because... One of the Norway players uh, tested positive for COVID. They're meant to be playing Austria this week, but they don't know if that game's going to happen. There's a dispute between like, the Norwegian government and the Norwegian FA about like players being allowed to travel and stuff. And like we don't know yet, but possibly Ionis and I might have to self-isolate for 10 days, which would mean that they'd miss a game against Hibs next Saturday, which would be a right pain. Also, the Norwegian FA, they've actually brought in their director of elite football, who is also a solicitor. She's on maternity leave, and she she's actually, old. Aye, it's so messy. It's uh, it's went full-scale legal. So the latest on it, for what I'm actually reading, that was out like 52 minutes ago, and it's uh, at the Cynic Wolf, who's partly 90 Minute Cynic, who's been really good for updating everyone with it. He has said the whole story has been so confusing and it changed daily. But to clarify, and this is 52 minutes ago, Ayer and El Yunusi are returning to Glasgow today. Per Norwegian regulations, they're allowed to travel, but they have to isolate Ugh. when they get to Glasgow. And it's unclear yet whether Scottish regulations say they have to isolate or not when they're in Glasgow. So right now, as we're talking, the whole thing uh, is light themselves up in the air because they're <laughs> travelling here the now. It's a mess and it makes you wonder. I'm not adverse to international football, right? Especially stuff like the Nations League, but, you know, friendlies at a time like this, it's just causing us so much havoc here. They should have just the only games that should have been played were the playoffs. They should have just cancelled the Nations League until next year when things are hopefully sort of getting back to normal. But that would be such a pain, especially if they tour. I mean, Ilya has been excellent recently. Ayer's been our best defender as well. He has been. Yes, I know he's got an injury, but you would expect him to be back in the team. But these COVID things are really affecting Celtic badly this season. I know we don't want to look for excuses. Because that's not what Celtic day, not what other people say. But it's been terrible the way it's affected us, and it's not affected any other 
teams, well, some teams in Scotland. No comment. Well, there you are, John. When you're the champions and you've got so many top class internationals like us, people are going to turn around and say, I well, stop being champions then and, and downgrade. But that's never going to happen, is it? No, but it will be a right pain if they two are out for Easter Road. Speaking of Easter Road, that's going to be our next game. Six days' time, will we play there? And it's not on live TV, so we're both going to have to go through that stupid Hibs TV here. Now, it's the third away game this season. We've not been on TV, so it's like an extra £42. If somebody's like paid to watch the three games, giving money to Roderick Petrie, my god, am I a soup taker, John? I suppose fifteen pounds isn't that bad. Like if they wanted, they could have charged like twenty or something because they know that Celtic fans will be desperate to see it. But I don't know. At least they were actually able to see the games. Like normally we wouldn't. The three o'clock on Saturday, so every cloud is a silver lining. But we get to see Celtic, John, one way or another. I get to give money to another club and do my bit for Scottish football because that's dead important, of course. I'm not a soup taker and I've got to go and write for the sun in a minute, so I better get going. So this has been episode four. I'm Stevie and we will be back reviewing the Hibs game next week. Catch us later. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week. Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.